Catherine Toon. I am super excited to be here. And I've got some cool stuff that maybe you haven't thought of before or haven't thought of maybe in this way before. I titled this particular episode, How to Get Life, Freedom, and Joy in Scripture You Once or Never Had. Uh, Many of us, if you grew up in church, maybe at one time, loved the scripture. It was like life-giving. You, It embraced you. You just, It just made you happy. <laughs> and then maybe at some point, if you dug deeper, you got into some yucky passages, or maybe you got some church hurt. Maybe you got uh, wonked by religion and that, and suddenly the scriptures that you once had um, embraced and enjoyed felt yucky and heavy. And you know, that's really sad because the scripture was always intended to point to a God of relationship and freedom and love and joy, right? So every person, that's you, that's me, that's everybody you know. Um, so every person was created to have relationship with God. You know, if God is love, that means by definition, he's relational. And he's wildly, relentlessly relational. And we don't always do relationships well, right? So every person was created to experience God. And to the extent that scripture points to a relational God of love and of freedom, and that feels like love and freedom. Sometimes what we call love is not love. (laughs) Sometimes what we call freedom is not freedom, right? But I'm talking about the real deal that transcends everything, that's in all, right? That sustains all, and that is the source of all life and everything good that you want, right? So scripture was intended to facilitate that to the, to the extent that, wow, uh, scripture can be confusing. Anybody noticed? <laughs> and you know what? God doesn't apologize for that. I'm like, why did you let this in? You know? Uh, so we'll talk about that. Um, scripture can be mishandled. Scripture sometimes reflects people's perceptions about God that he never said himself, right? And God let that in there. God is so secure. It's amazing. And so, uh, sometimes if it's handled improperly, right? Um, uh, scripture can actually bring death. That's the letter of the law that kills, right? And so a lot of people have been so turned off. It's like, I can't deal. And I understand that. So, you know, and that's really unfortunate because, you know, that got stolen from you by religion. I'm just saying, right? And so let's, let's talk about this. Um, I want to talk about, I named this how to kind of get your joy back <laughs> with all this. Um, and we will get there from here, but I, I need a, need a starting space place. So. Um, it may take us a little bit. It may take some more than an episode. We'll see. So according to the online Guinness World Records, there is little doubt that the Bible is the world's best-selling and most widely distributed book. A survey by the Bible Society concluded that around 2.5 billion copies were printed between 1815 and 1975, 
more recent estimates put the number at more than five billion, right? Um, the whole Bible has tra been translated into 349 languages, 2,123 languages. Who knew there were that many, right? Have at least one book of the Bible in that language. So this is a really big deal. Um, and, and you know what I did? I was, I was meditating on like, why, why do we have so much problems with it? So let's talk about kind of how people have related to scripture. And I, I was meditating on this. I came up with five different categories. Um, and some of them are happy and some of them are really problematic. So let's, let's dive in. Because the thing is, you can't um, treat something you ha you don't have a diagnosis for, right? You don't know what the problem is, right? So the first loose category, and these are loose categories. So let's, there's going to be a lot of gray. So understand it's not going to fit everything perfectly, but they're loose. And I think they're actually really good. Is that you've got the first category, the uh, people that just love scripture. And so, and it's actually um, life-giving to them. They're hungry and they have life and they have joy and gorgeous fruit because of it, right? So these are the happy campers. <laughs> um, these are the happy campers who maybe they have a honeymoon period. They haven't like bumped into the animal of religion yet, right? Um, maybe sometimes they have such a pure heart that they see God in all and through all, including scripture, that sometimes makes God look like a monster, Right? Um, and so, so they see behind it, they see the overarching things, they see redemption in it, right? And so, um, so that this category is a happy group of people. And so they're probably not the ones that need to get their joy back. They're just happy. And all I can say is get down with your bad self. And for those people who are maybe brand new and it all looks so perfect and amazing, and I'm a little bit in la la land because I haven't bumped into the animal of religion yet. Um, you know, uh, probably needs some context because when you bump into it, you just kind of got to gird your loins and see past it. Okay. Um, so, uh, but they're not really the ones that have lost their joy yet. Okay. The second loose category, uh, are, are the ones who once loved scripture. Okay. But now, if they're honest, I'm all about honesty. The Bible feels flat, lifeless, and a chore. It's like eating gravel. I, I had this happen to me. Um, they, they, they still think that scripture is value. It's absolutely crucial. And they feel like bad Christians because they just can't get into it. So this usually comes with lots of condemnation, perhaps out and out shame. And sometimes they force themselves to do the right thing and do the devotional. And it's so painful, right? Or they simply miserably give up and feel like a failure. So that's category two. The third loose category of people in their relationship with scripture are the ones who are the kind of the religious group, right? <clears throat> so they vehemently cling to the Bible too. It's infallible, right? It's inerrant. And if the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it, right? And so there's a flat literal interpretation of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, this camp tends to fall along the lines, you know, if the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it, right? And so what happens is with that kind of dogmatic stance, uh, you literally have to force scripture to hang together. <laughs> you have to force it. Okay. Because that's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't really fit together like that way. <clears throat> 
So, um, so usually it's very linear in its thinking and it just stamps it on there and it can start to be heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier because you're trying to make it fit. So you have these things of penal substitution, all these really heavy things to try to make sense of a flat reading of scripture, right? So, you know, usually in the Western church, we tend to be more linear minded and we like to have things in neat little boxes and that has value, except when it doesn't. <laughs> the Eastern, uh, the Eastern uh, part of the church tends to be more mystical. They have an easier time with mystery. Okay. And so <clears throat> I don't think it's an either or. I think it's a both and. So there are times when a liter literal linear understanding of things that tends to be more literal is awesome. And then there's times when a more mystical, loose-handed, flowing understanding of scripture, embracing the tension of mystery with what we do know is, is the way to go. So we get both and. Okay, but in this particular camp, God appears vengeful, disapproving, distant, but we still got to call him good. And so what happens is there's this cognitive dissonance. If you're honest, okay, if you're honest, there's a cognitive dissonance because we're, we're calling something good. Uh, that's not really good, right? And so we tend to try to suppress that because we're trying to be good little Christians, okay? Um, and it can be unbelievably toxic. Um, it comes with fear and condemnation, and it makes people unlovely at best and out-and-out out abusive and toxic at worst, right? So we're relating to a false god in this camp who may bear the name of Father Jesus and Holy Spirit, but bears little resemblance of him, right? He is love in name only, and this represents much of the religious church. Uh, this, these are the Pharisees, right? You're right. It's the simplicity of Christ. There's so much happy. So we're going to get to happy. No one panic. Um, but let's get through this process because I, I, I want to kind of help us kind of come together and see how are we viewing this thing? Like we have this thing and we have a lot of different relationship with it. The fourth category is an increasingly popular movement that discredits scripture altogether. Okay. It, they simply neither engage or they just chuck it out. So often they point out errors uh, and a God who looks like a monster and his followers who act unlovely or toxic. Hence, they categorically reject it. And so, and far too many of this category has been beat up by religiosity, right? I mean, just beat up. Uh, and the Bible has been used as a weapon rather than life-giving balm. So some people, some of this camp were just raised to scoff at its value, secular humanism, uh, rationalism, other religions, atheism, agnosticism. I actually was in this camp originally. So I, I kind of get this uh, camp. <laughs> and the religious church, um, you know, has committed, let's just call it what it is, violence overtly and covertly in the name of Christ and called it scriptural. And you know what? It's a really easy target. It's like dang to dang dang. And, and it's not only, uh, an easy target to not only validly criticize, but to totally discredit, mock, and pan across the board. The challenge here is that if you kind of just hop along this camp, 
people can get really lazy in denouncing. It gets to be kind of sexy and we don't really dive in. Like, why are we denouncing it? And, and you don't really, haven't really figured out like, okay, so what are all these errors? Okay. So how does this line out? And really like working with it to figure out why we think it's so ridiculous. Okay. We just say it's ridiculous and whatever. Okay. And you know what, what you don't value, you can't gain value from. That's true with scripture. That's true with people. If I don't value you, if I don't honor you, I can't see the beauty of who you are and what you bring. So because of this, uh, you kind of denounce it without grappling with it. Okay. You just, it's just kind of flippant, whatever, you know, it's far too convenient to be, to feel justified in behavior that's unlovely and behavior that's sinful, quote unquote, because the Bible is not only invalid, but irrelevant, right? So in this paradigm, what ends up happening is whatever you feels right is right. The problem is a lot of people have felt right about a lot of things that were really nightmarish. Okay, so we don't always have a true north that we can trust in and of ourselves apart from anything else. So there are no absolutes. There's no true north. So eventually anything goes. And so hence there's overt or covert violence stemming from the other direction. So we have the religious church and violence in that direction. And then if we go to the extreme on the other side, we have violence in that direction. I'm like, Dang, this is sucky and this is sucky. And I just don't believe we need to um, get stuck in crazy. So as human beings, we are wired to need God. We just really are. The real one, not the crappy one. The real one. So when we reject a lovely creator as he really is, we're going to make another God. It's just how it is. And it's going to be a false God. And when we make idols the God of no God, the God of independence, the God of self, it's going to be something. And they make a lousy God because the result is always negative or disastrous. So we get disconnected from our source while we get deceived that there are other sources that are going to actually provide what we need and that we can live in self-sufficiency. This just doesn't work. Um, so we have violence on the side of religion we have violence on the side of just chucking everything out and everything goes, you know, and so those are, so they're two kind of the extreme camps. Another camp, I have so much compassion on this camp. I have so much compassion on all the camps. You know, we're just human beings, right? So this is a fifth category and that I refer to them as those that have been traumatized by toxic religious Christianity and they need a break from scripture. So if, if you were like, Oh my God, I'm in a recovery program. I can't deal with a chapter and verse. No biggie. You actually really may need a break because for you, scripture has been used as a weapon and is at as it's been a ministry of death. So this may take years to recover. And I've been there. I was talking to Paul Young and he was there and it's, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I really get it happily. Happily. Oh my God, there's a happy side. Let's be happy. We have a God that's bigger than the Bible. That's bigger than Christianity. That's bigger than any other religion. That's bigger than no religion. He's just big. 
and he's in you and you're one with him. He's a healer, sustainer, redeemer. He's everything. And the truth is, if you're not free to partake of scripture, you're not free not to partake of it. And if you're not free not to partake of it, you're not free to partake of it. It's about freedom. And you know, I just happen to believe we get it all. We get it all. But I, I feel like a lot of people just need some time to recover. And if you choose never to grab it, that's, you've got to be free to do that. But I just feel like there's value that, you know what, we get to partake of. And, um, and we get to be free with that. So, you know, God is a God of true freedom and there is no downside. Uh, so my suggestion, if you want it and you don't have to take it, so I'm not pushing it off on you, but hold on to the things that are lovely. Hold on to things that have life. And then if there, you can't deal with the scripture, whatever, well, you know, let it hang, let it float. And you know what? There may be a time when it might actually be healing and lovely the way it was intended. And so as you're detoxing, you know, healing, sometimes it can be gentle. And sometimes it could be pretty kind of brutal, but in a good brutal. It's like, ouch, thanks, I needed that. It kind of depends the overhaul we need. But it will always be restorative. See, God, God redeems things. He restores things. Um, that is just his nature. He is love. He's drawing all things back to himself. So you know what? It is a beautiful thing. Don't discount the possibility that it might be beautiful and life giving to you again in a way, um, that wow, transcends it in a way that transcends it. You know, God uses imperfect things perfectly. And scripture's imperfect, but people are imperfect. And so we we can just hold on to it lightly and let God minister to you directly. You know, the sons of God, the daughters of God are led by the spirit of God. That's him in you restoring things. So, I had the five groups kind of in their relationship with scripture, right? So the first group, I mean, if you're just the happy camper, the pure of heart that sees God transcending all in all in everything, and you've just never had a bad hair day with scripture, well, get down with your bad self. (laughs) God bless you that you're so pure and lovely that it's just beautiful to you. I mean, you know, take a bath in it. It's all good. If you're the, uh, someone maybe that, that, you know, you just got into, um, kind of Christianity, whatever, and you're all bright eyed and bushy tailed and you just think we got it all together. Oh my God. We don't have it all together. Okay. We're just people and we've got issues and there's an ugly animal called religion that is really ugly. And so if, if you can get some help navigating things so that religion doesn't eat your lunch, and you can still enjoy while you enjoy, and you can just sidestep the whole spin out. Well, oh my God, by all means, enjoy. Um, just keep your eyes wide open and listen. If it walks like a duck and smells like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's going to be a duck. And if it's, if it doesn't feel right, 
trust what's going on inside and talk to Jesus about it. And he will lead you and guide you safely as you navigate things. Sometimes um, if there's something that feels really wrong and raw, you know, skip that part and go over something that is life giving so that honestly, when you come back, you can have a perspective that can handle the yucky parts because God is not always well represented in people, in scripture. It's just what it is. But um, God will help you navigate. Trust God in you to navigate you and people who love you to help you navigate as well. So that's my suggestion for the first group. Um, for the second group, for those of you uh, who want to drop kick scripture altogether, well, be free to <laughs> if you need to, all right? But I do challenge, I do challenge, don't let it be a lazy thing, okay? Don't let lazy, lazy is not lovely. <laughs> drop kick it for a good reason <laughs> if you're going to drop kick it, okay? So I challenge you not to be mentally lazy or a slave just to drop on the, to hop on the popular bandwagon because it's so sexy right now, right? And just be careful not that you don't go from, because you got the religious group that is like prideful and um, um, uh, condemning. And you don't want to go the other way that's prideful and condemning in the other direction because, you know, self-righteousness in any flavor stinks, right? So there is value and it's breathtaking in scripture. Um, it's withstood with millennia as it points to God, who is eternal transcendent, good to all, upholding all in all, in all, breathtakingly lovely, holy, and sacrifices for his creation instead of demanding sacrifice from his creation. And that's value. There's value in scripture that reveals God as love, as the source of all things, and who is wild about you. That's helpful. So regarding those that are going through their, I am escaping religion, like I need a detox. Well, do that. Do that. Let's give yourself permission. If, if scripture feels like gravel, if it makes you want to vomit in your shoes, well, by all means, don't force feed yourself. That's ridiculous. God's not in it then. You can't receive it. Listen, if I, if, if I'm traumatized by something, I don't go back into my place of trauma to force myself. No, that place can be redeemed for me if it's going to be redeemed for me, but I've got to recover from it. So listen, if you're not free not to, you're not free to. And if you're not free to, you're not free not to. It's all about freedom. Okay. So allow yourself, give yourself the time you need to recover. Because scripture was always intended to be joyful. Now, did humans get in there and screw stuff up? Yes. Uh, yes. Have, have you and I gotten into things and screwed it? Absolutely. We've all done it. Okay. So I'm saying, but is there beauty in all of us in the midst of our screw ups? Absolutely there is. And I believe there's something transcendent and gorgeous that God wants to restore that religion stole from us. Listen, I, I've been on so many sides. I've like, I've almost have whiplash, you know what I mean? And it's good because it's given me perspective. You know, I came from secular humanism. So I, I thought all, all you Christian people were like, whatever. <laughs> and let me just say this. We were very smug. 
I just had to say that. Like, really smug. But we, it's not like we dove in there and, like, bothered to research anything. We just knew. You know, so I've been on that side. I've been on the religious side. I've been on, I mean, I've been pretty, in all of these categories, pretty much, I've been there. And all, at the end of the day, it boils down to who is God, really, and how is he speaking to you? Because he can speak to you through anything, and he can speak to you in a gorgeous way through scripture. And I hate to see religion steal anything. I hate to see any kind of religion, because it's not just Christianity or Christian form of religion. There are other religions that steal. Religion rapes and destroys things. It does. That's the nature of the beast in whatever flavor it is. And I'm saying, I, I, I think we get to have it all because we're God's kids and we have a happy God who wants happy kids. We have a free God who wants free kids. We have a joyful God who wants joyful kids. We have a whole God who wants his kids whole. And so that means we get everything. So wherever you are, let God restore to you. Let him do that. Because he is the word. You know, we don't worship a silly book. It's so silly, okay? But we do value a book that has value. We do value that. So speak to, you know, I mean, I I think God can speak through the phone book. You know, we don't really have those anymore, but you know what I mean. (laughs) He can speak through the dictionary. You know, he can speak through a, a Chinese menu. I mean, God can speak through anything. That is his nature. He's love. He's transcendent. And so you get to have it all. And so I just think you get to recline back wherever you are on the spectrum of things and let God restore to you everything that's been lost to you. And sometimes he can introduce to you new things and you see it in a completely different way than you did before. You're free, you're adored, you're loved. And, you know, God just wants you to have it all. So I, I think scripture can be part of that. I don't think you have to lose it. But if, if it's yucky to you, well, don't do it right now. It's not good for you. But when it's good, it can be good. He's the redeemer of all things. And I, you know, I think of, of the things that he's redeemed in my life, the relationships that I thought there is no way in hell I'm ever going to talk to this person again. And you know what? He redeems it when I let him heal my heart, when I forgive. When I let things go, and when I start to see people through God's eyes, he redeems those things. And he can do that for the word for you too. He's the living word. That kind of sounds religious, and I'm sorry if that triggered someone right there. (laughs) He is the word that has real life into it, real joy, real happy, real zing. Because he's the source of all things, and he gets to speak through everything, including the word of God. Anyway, I hope this has been helpful for you today. Let him minister to you in whatever way uh, you want to be and hold it loosely. Maybe he wants to bring it back to you at some point, and it'll just be precious, 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 a gift. And we can get to the place where we are relaxed about it, and we can eat the chicken and spit out the bones, right? Anyway... I love you. Have an amazing day. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. 
For additional information and resources, please visit katherinetoon.com.